My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. I know I say this about every single episode, but this is really one of my favorites, at least top five. Recording this was really like therapy for me, and I hope that it has the same effect for all of you guys. However, I just want to give you a warning that we do talk a lot about Bible verses and we do talk a lot about the end of the world and doomsday prophecies, quote unquote, fake prophecies. So I just wanted to let you guys know to listen when you're ready and I hope you enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. We're playing in traffic. Pit pod, baby. You do the intro. You do it. No, you do it. Anthony, you do it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> we're here on a pit pod, and we're going to be talking about history today. And there are special guests. Uh, there's Tony. There's Lindsay. Hi. There's the other Tony, which is me. And then we got Kelsey. Okay. And we're going to be talking part two about some of the false history that the Wimscog teaches us, and we never thought to look it up. <laughs> what the hell is up with that? <laughs> we never thought to look it up. We trust you guys. You know, you cook for us and, you know, yeah. you, you love Watch our children. Us. Yeah, you know. you, so quickly. It's just like, oh, come for a Bible study. Here, I'll take your kid. Yeah. <laughs> very trusting. You're very trusting. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming on again. We had such a fun time the first time so here we are and let's talk about some history lindsay wants to talk about the end of the world let's start it off right starting right. with the end regularly scheduled apocalypse uh <laughs> <laughs> this must be good cult needs of doomsday prophecies so this the wms has got you know tons of them so I know. What is an easier way to start the debunking of the historical thing than to talk about the failed doomsday prophecies? Because there's nothing we have to say other than it didn't happen. And as an outsider, 
that's a really fascinating aspect to the the cult is that they teach the doomsday stuff and it's interesting when it doesn't happen and then members stay in and even actually get more and more like into the church so I wanted to ask about some of it and talk about some of it. The first one, and everybody correct me if I'm wrong, um, 1988 was the first one, right? Well, I mean, technically, it could have been like 1844, depending on how right. far back the you want to take this lineage. But... Didn't they somehow connect it to the um, Olympics that happened in Korea? Yes. Yeah, actually, they that was their excuse um, for why it didn't happen. Um, oh. well, that was one of the excuses. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, to talk about the um, 1988, uh, Kelsey, do you have any of the, the information about what was spoken besides just referencing one of the books that they uh removed from An Sang Hong? Yeah, it's so so An Sang Hong, he like he thought he fully expected to, I mean, he wrote in in the his original green book there was originally three other chapters and um he wrote in there that um he fully expected to go to heaven alive with the 144,000 as the elijah and that he even said that he was he himself was waiting for the appearance of second coming christ so um so he fully expected to go to heaven alive which and he yeah so it's it's interesting that he, I mean, so it's very obvious that he thought the end of the world would happen in his lifetime. But then he also wrote, it's interesting because he also wrote in another book about 2012. So um, that's one of the things that I've never been able to connect is why would he give two different dates for the end of the world? But like Anthony said, um, there's many excuses as to why 1988 didn't happen. And one of which, which um, I don't believe they teach anymore. They, they have this um, study called the prophecy of Jonah and they teach, they, they connect that with unsung home proclaiming 1988 was the end. And um, just as you know, and I'm not, I can't remember very well the, the whole story of Jonah, but um but they were given grace for a period and then nothing was destroyed, right? Yeah, so the um, yeah. The, the excuse was for this, they used um, Jonah's prophecy mm -hmm. uh, because there's a verse that said when um, first there was a proclamation against Nineveh that it will be completely destroyed and Jonah was supposed to proclaim it. And when he finally did, it was like, you know, they used the verse uh, and then God reached out his hand to Jonah a second time. So like, oh, second coming. And he says, mm -hmm. proclaim to them that in 40 days, their city is going to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, because they all repented and they, even from the king, like took off his like, you know, royal garbs and put on like sackcloth. And, you know, they were they repented. God decided not to destroy Nineveh mm -hmm. after 40 days. But they say 40 days, 40 years. So 40 years after the second coming of Christ appears, 1948 plus 40 is 1988 but because of repentance they just god decided not to destroy the world in 1988 yeah and they also they also said that if an sang hong hadn't predicted the world would be destroyed in 1988 he wouldn't be second coming christ like he had to have that that false they didn't use the word false but that that incorrect uh, announcement um 
And so, um, so that's why I think like, oh, he proclaimed 1988 and then also 2012. If, if that, that's the only connection my brain can mention or can, can create, but, um, but yeah, he definitely said 1988 and yeah. I forgot about the Jonah study and how, you know, it was all prophesied that he would fail. Here, we're going to play you a clip of an American church leader ending the Sabbath sermon with a nice uplifting doomsday message referring to the Jonah prophecy. Then when you look at the prophecy in 1988, it should have been finished. 1988, the nations were preached to, but who had time to repent in the time of the Olympics? Father said, the whole world will know this truth and then the end will come and how much of the whole world knows the end how much of the whole world knows the church of god now even now what is our mission mass media how much more will the people know that mother already said this is the year mother's already made the way for it to happen but how much longer do you think father is going to delay not very long. That's why we have to be like one of the two wise virgins. One of the two virgins. Out of the two, which one? Wise. What happened with the wise virgin? What did they have? They had oil and what? And a lamp. Meaning what? They had faith. So that's why. Think about it. If Father comes next week, but if your faith is not ready, then what should you, what should you start preparing? Yeah, you have to start preparing faith. That's why, what kind of faith do we have to have in Father? 100%, as Mother said, 100% faith. You think 98% is enough to believe in Father? No way. 100% faith in Father. That's why according to the Bible, brothers and sisters, we are in the delayment time. But this delayment time is almost an expression. How do you say expression? An expiration, right? Not much longer. Then be prepared, okay? I'm not saying it's tomorrow, next week, but we, don't, we are not saying it's not. Right? How do we live our life? According to what? Prophecy. That's why when so many people proclaim the end, don't worry. The end is the beginning for us, okay? But if you want to see the new beginning, you have to start with what? Your faith. And please understand, Father has so much compassion on the people. He could have just ended it in 1988. And he could have taken those people, those brothers and sisters that had followed him diligently, but he had compassion on so many other wicked and adulterous generations. And brothers and sisters, let's be prepared, okay? Let us be prepared for any time. So then please, let us start building our faith 100% in Father, in His prophecy, and in every word that Mother says. Let's be prepared this year. By this, I now conclude this evening Sabbath worship service.
well, they, or forgive based on this right. repentance. And they repentance, actually yeah. say that um, at the 1988 Olympics, it was in South Korea, and it's on marched around the building with the church. And during the time she did it, there was a mask dance. And they say that there were 850 different masks um, in this performance. And that all at once, as soon as she walked around the seventh time, they all fell down inside of you know this performance. And they say that why 850 is because there were 850 you know, false prophets that the Elijah stood up against. However, when I had watched the 1988 Olympics, I found footage of it online. Um, it was a close but no cigar. Like literally on the screen, they pop up that there was like 846. Um, you know, it was very close, oh, very close. Lord. But but there was just a few um, of those masks missing. It was very close, but it wasn't the number that they had said. And we're all about numbers. Yeah, it has to be exact because it's God. Why wouldn't they just use the accurate number? Just watch the news, use the accurate number, and then because be in the Bible, in the Bible, there's 850 uh -huh. you know, in the prophecy. So that's why they just rounded it. But up what the church it. can later say is that, well, you know, the Bible was just rounding it <laughs> up <laughs> because Zhang saw it and she knew, but you know, they just thought it was good enough. <laughs> Here we're going to play you a small clip of a public sermon given by a pastor in America and he's explaining a part of the 850 mask Olympic prophecy quote unquote and if you listen really really carefully and closely maybe with your headphones you can hear the gasps of the people in the congregation you can hear the shocks and the awes of how amazing they think this prophecy, quote unquote, is. We have an Olympic game. <clears throat> Whole world came. Where? Korea. The how can Church of God member at that time less than thousand members, right? So a few hundred members. How can they go all of the world? Why right? proclaim that? The God make the what? Event. Olympic game. Looks like a coincidence. It's God's plan, right? Then at that time, Olympic game, if you look at Olympic game, every country, they're representing about the mask. Mask. You know the mask, right? If you look at the Olympic game, Korea, 850 masks coming. They're all evil masks. Faces ugly. What? There are a lot of good articles about the failed doomsday prophecies. And then there's also a video from Korea. And they had um, covered, the media in Korea had covered, you know, I think it was the 1988 failed prophecy or even the 1999 failed prophecy. It was 1999. 1999. We're yeah, going to, so I think we might have done that in a previous episode, but we're going to put the link again on the bottom of the show notes here because that's worth a watch. It's fascinating and you get to, I like to watch it because I had to see the inside of the church, um, like in the source of South Korea. It's fascinating.
it's just a fascinating documentary. And they truly thought the world was going to end. And like all of the things that we've talked about were happening in 1999. And and it shows in, in, in one little portion of that video also shows like the humanity, not humanity, but the the human side of John Gilja too, because they want to confront her for a comment. So they show up to her apartment and she doesn't answer the door. So it, it just, it puts her in perspective from, she's just another human being. Yeah. And um, the, uh, so the, the first one was 1988 and they say, oh, you know, the world began to repent and the church began to grow and the Olympics happened. And it was, you know, 850 of these masks and, you know, done, you know, and okay, we believe it. And then when it came to the uh, 1999 to 2000 prophecy, they teach that the Jerusalem temple will be completed. Uh, but prophetically, what does that mean? They say that like, we're in this age of uh, tabernacles, which is a feast. And the origin was, you know, all the Israelites would bring material to build up this temple and, you know, when this temple was assembled with the material, you know, then they were able to say, okay, no more material is needed. Everything is completed. And that's supposed to be the fulfillment in this age we're living in. But at the time, like, you know, they say, but the material to build up the spiritual temple are the members. So we're going to see this fulfillment that's going to be completed in this year. But when it actually occurred, they said, well, look, we built this Jerusalem temple in South Korea. Our new church is opening year 2000. So that's the fulfillment. Now we have this beautiful location where God, the mother will dwell until heaven comes. And then they got a new one, you know, I think like maybe five years ago. Um, so, you know, who knows? But. You know, then it, it was the next prophecy was laid down. That would be 2012. Uh, Kelsey, do you have uh, the details about 2012? Yeah. One, one other thing I want to point out about 1999 is that there's no reference to 1999 in any of An Hong's books. Um, so it's just like jump on the end of Y2K bandwagon. Yeah. So that's something that purely came from the WMS and, and not um, An Sang Hong. And if anybody has any reference that they, you know, to prove that statement incorrect, you know, by all means, please show. But to my recollection, there's no, nothing in any of his books, even the books that the WMS doesn't have um, in regards to 1999. Um, but there is 2012. And so 2012, they definitely, so I, I heard a prophecy one time. I heard a prophecy that 2012 would be the end and it could even happen sooner as soon as like 2010. That's, I remember hearing that. I remember the name of the, the overseer that taught that. And that was one of the studies that we were not allowed to take notes for. I only heard that one time. And I believe I heard that back in, in 2009. Um, and I never, that was not a study that was taught to everybody in the church at the time. I, well, I was in Seattle, so it was like a smaller congregation, but it wasn't like a like a, a study somebody taught when everybody was present. It was only when the gospel workers were there. So it was people of more mature faith. Um, but they definitely had us physically prepare for the end of the world between that time and, and 2012, 100%. I mean, so in 2011, okay, that was every year they were saying, oh, this could be the last Passover. They're still saying that. But in 2011, 
that Passover was different. And and Anthony and Tony, I don't know if it was like the same for your Zions, but in mine, they um they would not allow people to come in past 6 p.m. They they physically locked the doors so nobody could come in and nobody could go out. And um, it was it was like a, a rush, making sure everybody was there on time because they could not keep it if they were late. They locked the doors um, and we kept it. And I, I never saw that. That was in 2011. And I stayed until 2017. I never saw that before and I never saw that after. And I didn't even see that in 2012. Um, and they had us, like I said, they had us physically prepare for the end of the world. They had us stocking up on 30 days worth of food. Uh, our non-perishable food, water. Um, we were buying um, army bags to keep mm-hmm. everything in. If we, um, if like for like sometimes during the feast, like like somebody like me who is like single would have to like, if if I live far away from the church, I would have to stay with like a member during the feast. Um, and so I had to bring all my emergency food with me at that time. We always had to carry at least one of Unsung Hong's books with us at all times in case disaster struck. And we were stranded and at least we would have one book and we'd have to have the Bible. Well, we already carried the Bible with us everywhere, but we had to at least have at least one of Unsung Hong's books. We had to have candles, something to light the candles with because there's going to be no electricity. So we had to be able to read in the dark. Um, and once um, once 2011 passed, then they said, oh, you have a like it, I think somebody mentioned. I don't know if it was here or Great Life Studio. Somebody mentioned that the time was extended until Passover of 2012. And then obviously that came and, and went and um, nobody just, nobody talked about it anymore. And after that, I was never told that you had to, to physically prepare for the end of the world. I was, we were never instructed to always have Unsung Hong's books with us or, you know, prepare for 30 days worth of food. Never. It was just during that time period. That is so true. It was like so much urgency. 2011, urgency, urgency. Get your MREs, get your flashlights, mm-hmm. get your thermals. Flashlights, right, then, yeah. And then yeah, some people wanted to buy gas masks because we were afraid of, you know, some kind of um, chemical warfare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, some people even asked Pastor, should we get weapons? And Pastor said, no, you know, we don't need guns, no weapons. He did say that. Because we didn't want to be that church. <laughs> right. <laughs> But that was 2011, but there was so much urgency. Then after 2012 is done, all of a sudden we're in fucking Jubilee. I'm like, what is happening? Did anybody else that, yeah. get a little bit of whiplash? Like, like are we just forgetting well, all shit? Well, yeah. so so for me, because in, in so 2012 happened, and then early 2013, because 2000, I think it was 2011, 2012 when the examining site came out, and it had a lot of information that um the church previously either denied or never told members about like unsung hong's life his family whatnot um that there's other churches that believe in unsung hong and so the church had the the the, they sent the one prominent pastor to many locations across the u.s to give seminars and they talked about 2012 and they said the same i'm actually surprised the what anthony mentioned about 1999 they also said about 2012 that's when the the jerusalem that's when the new jerusalem will be complete and in my head at the time i was thinking wait a minute new jerusalem being complete means there should be no more preaching 
mm-hmm. because of the prophecy in in about building the tabernacle there was a time when you know moses said okay no more materials which equates the wms teaches equates to mother saying no more preaching because now we have the 144,000 and so in my head i was thinking i was like okay but we're still preaching what how, what does it mean and then they said we'll find out the the meaning of this prophecy when we go to heaven which is their way of saying we don't have an explanation for it and so like when 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 you're a member and you're you're confronted with like something that's like 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 a question that you don't have an answer to or you can't think of an answer to when the church which you put all your belief in is saying okay we'll worry about th- we'll cross that bridge when we get there in heaven we'll learn about that later then your mind goes to okay i can just tuck that away i don't need to think about that right now and you just go along with this so even though i i was there and experienced everything about 2012 i told you know when people said oh why did the church say 2012 will be the last year i denied it even though i heard it and physically prepared for it and saw the frenzy around it i i denied it so it's like we gaslight our fucking selves yeah do you guys remember? I remember being told over and over, a prophecy cannot be understood until after it's fulfilled. Do you guys remember that? That's because it's easy to fill in the details after the fact. Right. <laughs> right. I remember saying that like several times over well, and over and over. Also, they taught that a prophecy can be fulfilled multiple times in multiple right. ways. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Well, I I wanted to circle back. So when I was a member and I was being told about this, because, you know, the way I described the uh, 1999, it was the explanation I was given because they had mentioned it. They say, oh, you know, in this year, it was the physical temple that was completed. Now we're working on the spiritual temple. And in 2011, I remember them saying, like, you know, the days will be cut short. So this is the year. And then through 2012, we were just like, when is it going to happen? And then like the stones will cry out. That's why there was like the Mayan prophecy about, you know, I think it was like December 21st or 23rd or something like that. So we were waiting till December and that day came and went. And then in 2013, there was a, a video sermon that was sent out with General Pastor who said, you know, oh, we're still in the sacred year. You know, because mm-hmm. the first month, 14th day is the Passover. So like two weeks before the Passover, you know, so there we are in January and they send this long letter for everyone to read. And then like after that happens and the Passover comes and gone, and they, uh, they talk about the spiritual inspection just because a building is complete doesn't mean that like, you know, it's inhabitable. It has to go through inspections and some of the material there needs to be polished and shined and you know all these different sorts of things and then they also said that you know that we have all the main um material but what has to happen now is like the gold overlay has to be put down so we need to uh preach to rich people because now that like the the base is there now we need like the gold adornings to be added to everything so it was like always like a little bit more a little bit more and then 2014 was the year of Jubilee, which you're right, it was like whiplash. But the concept of Jubilee is that anyone who was, um, you know, enslaved or indebted, their debts were forgiven in that year. 
and they return back to their home. So we're like, well, our home is heaven. So this is the year our debts are going to be completely forgiven and we get to go back home because it's 50 years, Jubilee 50 years after the establishment of the Church of God in um, 1964. So we're like, this is the year, um, but it wasn't the year. No, it was just a regular, regular, regular year. year for you guys to talk about like you i'm watching all of your guys' faces it's like half laughing half head holding i feel like my heart is kind of racing because i forgot about all this and yeah i forgot about how all detailed it was it wasn't just like oh it was a failed doomsday prophecy yeah. it was like a daily thing we, that we thought about it, it 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 drove our actions our behavior everything was based that we thought that we were going to heaven. Sometimes you find like these little relics of that time where like, yeah, we were like what Kelsey said, we were told the same thing in the East Coast. And then that they say that, you know, this came from mother. She wants us to always have these things on us. Um, but there was uh, in, in one location I was in, we even um, saved up and did contributions to purchase a generator. So that there would oh be God. electric, you know, in the in the location just in case. And then when um, I had moved to Maryland, there was a floor of the building that, you know, they didn't do their renovations to yet. And it was used as like storage location. And when we went in there, we found like a whole bunch of these old gallons of water that have been sitting there since like 2011. <laughs> and we had to throw them all away. Um, but I, yeah, I took the pictures of like all these like water gallons that were just like sitting there because they had it because of the, you know, the prophecy about the world coming to an end. And then, you know, they just collected dust and had to be thrown out. But, you know, they're like, yeah, this is when we were stockpiling for, uh, you know, 2020. I sorry, 2012. I was at a flash mob of it's the end of the world. As we <laughs> I was thinking of Tony and her church and I was like. I wish that she could think this is as funny as I do, but she's so scared right now. And I felt kind of guilty watching it. I remember like standing there watching this going like, this is so funny. And then I'm like, oh, it's not funny for some people. Like Tony is truly worried that the world is like about to end. Can anybody explain? We have heard rumors that there is another prophecy coming up. Well, I, I heard, heard about before, that? before that one though, I, I remember... I think it was Edgar. He mentioned about 2018. I don't yeah. know if this, I wasn't in in 2018, but he mentioned 2018 because that was the 100th um, birthday of Ansang Ho that they were peddling in end of the world then. Was that, did you guys experience oh, that? Actually, that was one thing I forgot to mention that they made a big deal about, uh, not to backtrack, but to go back to 2012. This, you know, it, there's so many of these doomsday <laughs> prophecies that <laughs> be specific about which one but the 2012 one it was um there because 2011 december 25th because they used the lunar calendar to figure out when um you know on sung hong and uh zangil jazz birthdays are right and they make us celebrate their birthday this big commemoration we can't celebrate jesus mm -hmm. birthday but we have to celebrate on yeah birthday. however yeah. on that year 2011 An's birthday appeared twice in that calendar year. Yeah. One at the very beginning in January and then one in December on December 25th. And we had this big thing because this uh, in 2012, his birthday didn't fall on the calendar at all. So 
just the way that the lunar calendar lines up with our solar calendar, they made a big deal about that. And then we went out, um, we did a flash mob <laughs> on the East Coast. We did a, our own flash mob with like yellow scarves and we were out in like Times Square and all these like New York City, you know, like, like Grand Central library. Station too. Grand Central Station, we were there That's and we were singing, he has come as King David and um, you know, let's go to the world. And we put on our scarves out of nowhere and just all started singing and marching. And, ugh. and anyway, <laughs> another song that would have been funnier if you sang that one. It's yeah, like, as, yeah. World, as we know it. Well, the um, the news came finally. We we did all this stuff for attention, and nobody wanted to like talk about it. But finally, a, a news person came, and it was like this little blurb in a newspaper. That said we were out Christmas caroling. <laughs> yes, I love it. That's awesome. Oh my god, we we're like, uh, let's not pass this uh, message around to the members. Let's add the video. I know there's a YouTube video out here. So they use that those videos of you guys in New York doing that as a, they use that for a lot of propaganda to show how amazing you guys were, how powerful the gospel was out there. So uh, let's add that to the show notes, okay? because I forgot about that too. <laughs> so we were working hard day and night in the cold. We were working, we were preaching, we were singing, we were marching, we were proclaiming the end of the world. We were trying to save the world, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the oh other thing, Kelsey, you were talking about 2018. Yeah. And you're saying it was like the hundredth year. Yeah. But also the other thing that they, you know, not that it was taught from like the altar, but mem members, you know, they had it in circulation, was a range from 2018 to 2028. And the reason why is because they say, um, surely this generation will not pass away until all these things are accomplished. So they say, well, how 70, you know, 80 if you have the strength. So 70 plus 1948 is 2018. But you know, plus 80 is 2028. So they created this time range um, from 2018 to 2028, which is, you know, it, this is something that, you know, members were, were talking about, you know, they didn't really like, you know, for all of these things, they don't really put publications out. They don't like put it in the LOist or things that you, you know, people would have record of. This no, so they can have plausible deniability later. Yeah, exactly. But um, there's one that's current. If Kelsey already called this one. Oh, the um, yes, yes. Um, because I a couple months ago I did um, some lives on YouTube for Great Life Studios with Jordan and Edgar, and, and Edgar was talking about the um, you know they they were saying that talking about the end of the world prophecies, and I said, oh, I bet they're gonna say. Um, 2023 because that's the 80th birthday of of John Gilja and sure enough I'm starting to hear from some former members that that's what there's that's their next one is oh it's her 80th birthday next year and mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh <laughs> that's definitely you know one you know they just had it, it just started because they just had her um 79th birthday um, on the lunar calendar, it's October 1st. So, however, that falls on our solar calendar, but um, October, November time frame. Yeah. Korean age, her American well, age. It, it's, it's her Korean, Korean age is technically 80. 
Yeah, her Korean. Well, she's technically already eighty. Yeah, right. But, yeah. yeah. Happy belated birthday, Zong. Uh, since since we're on the topic, so I have my my own theory about another one. So they haven't talked about this one, but this is one that I believe they will talk about soon. I'm calling it now. You're giving them ideas. Anthony's predictions. Yeah, this is this is my. Yeah, this is this You're is being my... a false prophet. I love it. Let's hear it. <laughs> I, I'm sure that they already say that. <laughs> but um, so this one is based on An Sung Hoon's book. Uh, and I believe it's going to say year 2026. And here's why. Ooh. So they have a very popular one in The Mystery of God and Spring of the Water of Life, Chapter 24, The Complete and the Incomplete. Everyone knows about this particular illustration that they put inside of there they used to just have one throne but later on they added a second like another edition where they added a female sitting on the throne as well but if you add up there's like from adam to noah it says 1656 years from noah to abraham 352 years from Abraham to Moses, 425 from Moses to Jesus 1571 and then they stopped adding things up so the the next one is from Jesus to well Jesus. What Jesus, from Jesus's crucifixion. It says uh, the prophetic period of the fifth day is the time from the crucifixion, which they say is 30 A.D. until the death of Pope Pius VI, which they say is 1798. So that's 1,768 years in between. You add all that up, five seven seven two. That's all the time frame from Pope Pius in 1798 from Abraham. I'm sorry, from Adam. So that's if you take 6,000 years, which they say is the whole time frame of the human existence, and you reduce 5772, you get 228 years from Pope Pius until whenever. But when you add those two numbers up, 1798 plus 228, it's 2026. I don't know if this isn't going to make sense. I think because I'm just, it sounds like I'm just rattling off numbers. <laughs> I mean, that's the logic that they applied. So, you know. Yeah. But if, if you add all these numbers up, you know, from the time of Adam, all the time frames that they put in the book until, you know, for 6,000 years, it's 2026. Because that would be the last day, is what you The mean. end of the 6,000 full years. Right. Right. Based on based on this book, time so will tell. Twenty six, I called it. Me and Anna are right here. <laughs> the reason why they do it. Oh, that would be so. Fun. Yeah. Well, I put it out there now. So if they do, they'll have to. The, the stones will cry out. Even the false prophets, even the false prophets on the pit pod. The reflection on them if they adopt, uh, you know, a, a teaching based from a false prophet. So. This is a, a a lot of end of the world talk. I know, <laughs> but uh, it was interesting. I'm glad that we talked about it though. Very triggering, but it makes me realize, you know, because I'm not gonna lie, okay. And I talk about this all the time. North Korea is fucking messing with my head. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the news this week. They were talking about, you know, they can they shoot off the missiles that can hit in America. That stuff still sticks with me. Does it stick with you guys? Well, you know, one thing that's important to realize about what North Korea says is that they lie a lot. 
like they they have all the because do you know um what what's her name the uh the the factor who left yeah. there um mm -hmm. oh yeah she 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 did a ted talk i watched and it really i heard this and it just it's always lingered with me because they say kim jong-un is an almighty god and i guess that's why he messed up my uh my microphone for a second <laughs> but, um and they were scared to have thoughts against the government or against him because they thought he could read their mind so they were even afraid to think and it reminded me of how we would have to be and how oh we would God, have to. I just got chills. She said, she said that, um, you know, even there, though, they suffer so much in their life, but they're told that as much as they're suffering, as much as they're going through, Kim Jong-un is actually going through even more. And they said, she said, my heart was breaking for him because, you know, he's undergoing all this suffering and all this pain, you know, trying to keep us uh, free. And, you know, in actuality, you know, even though she looked at him and her, her heart would break for his suffering, he didn't suffer at all. She's like, after I left, it took somebody else to tell me that Kim Jong-un is fat, that he, he's an overweight man. She's like, I, I didn't have the rationale to, to figure that out. And, you know, they, could, they lied and they convinced people of all these things that were not true. So if they're saying like, oh, we have this missile technology, Maybe they, you know, maybe they do, but they're also liars. You know, they also don't always tell the truth about what kind of powers they have. And, you know, they, they control the people in that way, you know, and they're trying to continue on and spread, you know, this misinformation out there. So I don't know if I fully believe everything that they say that they're capable of. Well, and, and, and to kind of tag on to that, I mean, there's, it's not just North Korea. I mean, anytime there's something in the the news, I'm sure with the what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, right? I'm sure that churches like the WMS, they're they're looking at all these individual things and they're saying, oh, you know, this is proof that we're living in the end times. But you know, there's a lot. There's when you see the news, the news is is nine times out of ten always something negative, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's other ways to look at it. Okay, yes the yes north korea might have the technology to shoot something over here but i'm pretty sure we've been developing technology to spot that mm -hmm. um, you know so there's 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 other ways to look at it and and for me you know at the the end of the day what's going to happen is going to happen you know regardless and um and and even if something doesn't happen we all still one day we all still each come to die right that's that's yeah. inevitable so it's not something that we can prevent but um i'd if it's something that i can't prevent i'd rather live happily than in fear and, and free you guys make me yeah, feel so free. much better you're right it's like such a pattern that i got used to for so many years and it's yeah. hard to break it but i have to remember there are other ways of looking at it and that is very helpful well, one thing I'd, I'd add into is that um the way that the church talked like i heard while i was there um a couple of different ways that the third world war slash end of the world which is they say that these two things are the same. As soon as World War III happens, it's gonna be the end of the world. But there are three different versions of how that's going to be initiated that they told. 
Uh, the first one I heard was at the United Nations, which now they're like all super buddy buddy with. But at the time, way back then, you know, before they were helping them with their SDG goals, you know, they were saying that um, the United Nations was a place that was created to keep peace, but it's actually going to be the place that creates the Third World War. So that was the one I heard. The second one I had heard was that it was going to happen from North Korea. North Korea is going to be the catalyst to start World War III. And then the third one I heard was that it was going to be in the Middle East. However, you know, given the current, you know, climate, it seems like Russia is one um, potential with their Ukrainian uh, war. And another one might be China, you know, that might also start it. But those two nations were never mentioned. And they give they gave three potential scenarios of how it's going to happen, and none of the three are really in the forefront of what's going on right now, like in this you know global climate. And then the other one is, and if it doesn't happen through a world war, it's going to be like a solar flare or something like that, like you know God's mighty power. So Yellowstone, I guess they yeah. did throw out a lot of options. So I guess they just throw it all out there and then whatever sticks. And then they say, yeah, oh, it was a prophecy. Okay. We, yeah, we said right. it. We you're said right. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 also, yeah. think about it. Think about it this way, too. Even if any of those things were to materialize, the WMS is still not the place to be at the end of the day. I mean, they've they have, you know, prophecies that didn't materialize. They're super sketchy. Um, they treat their members awfully. Right, and they're a destructive cult. So, and, and also they they their their teachings don't follow the Bible either. Savings that you would have for provisions if the world really is going to come to an end. Yeah, so they're not the insurance company you want to go with at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, you know, we we can't prevent. I mean, there, there's been news of wars for hundreds and hundreds forever. of years, right? Forever, and um, there's been news of you know, big natural disasters forever and ever, right? Not to say, you know, that's that's not of importance now, but I mean, it's, it's just we can only do what we can do at an individual level. When you were in there, though, didn't you feel safe? Didn't you feel so safe from, even if that bomb came from North Korea, even if Yellowstone erupted, we were in Zion and we were secure. We were safe. We were going to go to heaven. We were going to be protected. Like, I guess I sort of miss that sense of security. Could, but that's, I, but that's, yeah. a, that's, a, but it wasn't real. But yeah. Right? It's, I it's a now I know it wasn't security. real, but, but it was comforting, right? In that moment, it felt comforting knowing you had the seal of God and other that, people didn't. Could, that's yeah. why religion exists. Yeah, can I say two two quick things about that? One, yeah. I think that it's it was a little okay. So the first thing I want to say is that maybe we should just make this an apocalypse episode. Right. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> just this, because there's so much free. to talk about with this, and we'll we'll do yeah we'll do another we'll do another one about all their false history that they peddled. But the other one is um, the the security that we felt was a very superficial one. Let me tell you, I had an overseer who played a prank um which I, I loved it was so funny <laughs> but it was also really traumatizing which was he started to call like certain like leaders and certain members like little groups of us into his office 
and he had this um uh video playing that was like a fake news broadcast of like a missile being launched and like nuclear bombs going off and that like all this like terrible stuff's happening and it's like yeah you know like this stuff's happening right now this you know like these countries are being destroyed there's a war happening and it's happening right now like the world's about to end right now and it was a prank you know like it was but it was also like to watch reactionary you know like how are people going to react and what did they ev do everybody so there was this one um like i i believe he was like maybe like uh like high functioning like autism member who was just like really like happy like yeah okay you know like god's coming home <laughs> you know we're, we're, we're going home to god you know and everyone else was just like riddled with like anxiety like oh my god like this like because we thought it was real you know we we, we didn't know was what was happening quiet was it like tension it was extreme yeah it was a lot of like it felt like mourning it felt like mm. you know but the, the idea at the end was like okay now you know use this to go preach but it was yeah. it, i mean like it so was, messed it, was up. it was it was really messed up because you know what kind of like mindset we're living in every day that you know this is going to happen you know we live as if the world was about to end all the time and it was really like a scary time during the time in there i think we thought about the end of the world more than most people so we always had that burden on top of us but we also felt like even though it will happen maybe like i hope that i'm you know good enough not to die right the trade-off of the pressure that you need to be doing enough to be good enough to go to heaven was probably less comforting than the idea that you were going to go to heaven yeah like the little bit of fear that we we live with now like about some sort of like war disaster that everyone has that everyone is aware of it's a normal it's a normal yeah. level of um stress yeah. compared but we, to we we're just life. yeah but we you know we're, our minds have been geared to think about this a lot and to have that like stress so sometimes the stress kind of just like reemerges because we're just used to living it with it. So then all of a sudden we see something and it's just like, that's a sign. Like we were always pouncing on it. I have a YouTube video that I'm gonna add to the show notes here from the Wimscog telling us that stress is actually a good thing. So. Oh, yes. Okay. I've seen that I'm video. Seen that. I'm gonna put it on the show notes and it is infuriating because it starts off like stress can cause heart disease. And then it's like, but a little bit of stress is actually good for you and motivational. The end. <laughs> yeah, and the WMS, it wasn't a little bit of stress we had, though. <laughs> yeah. No, it was not. It was life or death all the time, constantly. Yeah. Can I ask so. a question to Lindsay? Yeah. Okay, Lindsay, imagine if you are the only one who knew that the world was going to end in a year. What would you do? Like if if you felt like if you knew that the world was going to end but you needed people to do something weird in order to be, like climb a mountain in order to be saved like you had to climb like what what would you do like in order to uh like there's only one place in the whole world because i've thought about why the wimscog bothers me so much especially with these doomsday prophecies is i cannot believe that there's not more extreme behavior 
I would go crazy. I don't know how you guys kept your cool. I would like I couldn't handle that stress, like even the thought of it. Um, I don't know what I would do to get people to do it, but I'm surprised that there's not more radical behavior. It feels dangerous. That mindset feels dangerous to me. I think they're constantly brainstorming ways to get mass amounts of people baptized. Don't you think you guys like through seminars, yeah. through workshops, they're constantly trying to think, oh, what if we do this? What if we do this benefit? What if we do this orchestra concert? What if we do this cleanup? It's all just to lead people to baptism. Well, they have, they have, I mean, they have like a whole um, assembly of people in Korea. I mean, um, you guys, you guys have been to Korea. You know that they have that headquarters building that's like, you know, over 12 stories tall. They have departments of people, of Koreans divided into different departments by, you know, region or it's, it's literally like a business. You got your PR team, you got your, you know, so they, they have all these, all these you know, things that are, that are coming out, like, you know, these new, like, like slogans for the beginning of the year or something like that. That's not coming from John Gilja. That's coming from a team of people who are coming together and brainstorming and launching a campaign. That's literally how that's working. And so. That's so true. That's why it's so effective because you have multiple minds working together to to hash out you know like oh it could go this way it could go that way you know right and you have that on a massive level in korea but then also Mm -hmm. in a local level you have that within each group right so even like the little branch church is thinking in my community how can i do this okay i'm going to do a Mm -hmm. blood drive for this little tiny disaster that happened and it ends up being effective and we've seen Mm -hmm. mayors that are supporting people and yeah so Lindsay, yeah, exactly. I do think in a way it is extreme. It's extreme in a manipulative, in a psychological way. Um, and later it may manifest into, you know, lots of different dangerous ways, mm-hmm. things that happen. I don't know how to answer that question because I <laughs> have no idea. I would be like, put me on TV. I would be doing the same things that the church is doing, right? <laughs> Flash mobbing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it seems tame that the members truly think like I'm doing this because the world's going to end. That's that it feels like a tame version of like what your brain really wants to do. I'm just There's, like, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, Cause you really do feel, and then you feel super guilty that mm-hmm. like you haven't led more people to do whatever it is that they need because you're just like, Oh my God, you're going to die. And I don't want to look like a lunatic. I don't want to scream. I don't want to like go frantic. But like you really need to know that you're gonna die unless you follow me and do this what I tell you to do. Like that's how you feel like every day, and you feel like time's ticking. Like you feel like the tick, tick, tick. Like you know, time's running out, and it's super. I stressful. have to bear fruit. Yeah, I have to do it. I have to bring people. I have to save them. You know, you have this like constant stress because you know you're working on like very limited time in your mind. And then yeah. the other thing that really scared me. Um, is they would talk about this one prophecy and there was um there was a trip from the east coast to korea at sometime in either early 2012 or late 2011 they invited me to go but at the time i was like still pretty new and i didn't even have a a passport but i had a roommate in the church who went and i was a little like ticked off because he spent his rent and he left and he didn't tell us. <laughs> we just, we, we didn't That's have money That's what people rent. would do though. You gotta yeah, do whatever like, you I mean, can to be able to afford that ticket. Yeah. Yeah, so like, anyway, when he was there and he came back, he told us that um, 
there was this the, the there's a, a scripture that says that people's eyes will still rot while they're standing and like you know that they'll decay and all this terrible stuff you know and he's like and mother told us that that is uh they're going to be using chemical weaponry in world war three and that this is going to happen and like that kind of concept like you know all around you people are going to just be exposed to these like flesh-eating chemicals and they're going to start rotting while they're standing next to you but you'll be saved from it you know like you're going to see terrible things but just have your faith like this is the stuff that you know they were teaching us and it was you know terrifying it was during like an afternoon sabbath service and the children yeah under it. with the kids the in the room yeah, oh yeah, teaching that everybody would hear, and this is a common verse that we would think about a lot. Oh. And they would show they would show that one UCC space video mm. just on the topic of children. They would show that one UCC space of videos, which I think is a clip from like Armageddon, Terminator. and like people yeah. like literally like being burned alive. Like yeah, I, that was in Terminator. My, Terminator. But in my in my Zion, I saw I saw the church playing that for for children when they misbehaved. Like this is what's going to happen to you if you don't follow father mm, and mother. That scene was at a playground. That yeah, scene, that yes, right. was there, like you know, they were at the, and the little holding rocking. Onto the fence, right? Yeah, and she's like screaming. Fence, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 clip, and I hear that they use that clip in a lot of different cults and stuff like that. It's like, how do you really? um, how do you scare people on a budget? Just you know, <laughs> when you. <laughs> play Terminator. Yeah, play play this clip from Terminator with out of context. <laughs> but I think like like also in, in terms of like maybe why a lot of people aren't so extreme when they constantly hear the end of the world message. Um, I, I for me, I think it's because you're you're so focused on preaching, like it's always just preaching, preaching, preaching. You know, bringing more and more members into the church. So essentially, recruiting. So they put everybody, they, they put everybody's minds on recruiting that it's hard to really focus on anything else. And also, like, for me, hearing the same things over and over again for, you know, over 10 years, it's like things start losing their effect, right? Fear only lasts so long until you get used to it. And then, like, yeah, you know it in your mind, but it doesn't affect you the same way as if you first heard it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That called PTSD because that's what happens when you have PTSD and you're in like a prolonged abusive situation. You kind of forget mm -hmm. it's abusive at some point. Mm -hmm. You're out of it and then you're like, oh shit, that wasn't normal. And so, yeah. Uh, I wish that we could figure out a way to offer like free therapy to everybody as they come out. Cause I feel like that's right. so needed to like, I mean, therapy is good for everybody, but um, like there's definitely PTSD from that. From yeah. Just I here. feel like this hour, I feel like this hour has been a therapy session, like going back and thinking about all those things that we thought, but from a different perspective is really helpful. Really, really helpful for me personally. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And you know what? It's like when you can't afford therapy, you just to have somebody else be like, well, I'm crazy too. <laughs> I, I went through the same, same thing, you know, like it, it's, it's helpful to know that you're not the only one. Who's and also like, to have somebody normal like Lindsay, normal, who didn't go through it, but who also can like hold space for us and say, okay, well, yeah, that was crazy, but it's okay. <laughs> you know? Tony, that's the first time I think anyone's ever called me normal. 
you so much. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You are so yes, very welcome. But yes, this is a space. And and as an outsider, I say, um, all of your feelings are valid of like, you know, feeling all of that shit when you come out of it. Because I can't even imagine. I knew Tony was going through it and it used to make me really sad. And I hate knowing that there's like so many people that have to come out on the other side of it and deal with that shit. I was going to say, but also, Lindsay, like, you, you, your life was affected by this group, too, just in a different capacity. Yeah. You know, and I think that's also something important, because there's a lot of people that they might not have been in the church, but their lives, the trajectory, the trajectory of their lives has definitely been changed because they, they know someone and they have a kid in the church or a brother or sister or a spouse in the church. And, um, you know, they can also definitely be traumatized. As yeah. A result. There's been times when we get emails from family members or like interviews and some of the stories where I'm just like, oh, my God, I forgot about that. So I have that moment, too, where I'm like, I forgot that for like four months I was super pissed at Tony for this thing that I just totally put in the back of my mind and got over. So it is, it is like re-triggering for all of us. So thanks a lot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. The anger is directed at um, not the members at all, ever. Yeah, and you know, you, you that that's very true. It's definitely like sometimes I I find people like who want to blame members. Yeah. Uh, but they're just like it's coming from like the top down. Yeah. You know, like the whole culture. And actually, I was just talking to somebody about this because it's like um, there are all these different layers of the stress. So like sometimes like maybe a team leader might get onto their team members and be a nuisance to them because it's like, oh, come on, guys, you have to do more. We have to bear fruit, you know, because when they sit all the team leaders down, like how many fruit have your has your team done? How about your team? So like you're in competition with all the other teams and you don't want to be the the loser. And then, um, you know, above that level, like then all the churches have to report to an overseer. And it's like, which church is bearing fruit? Which church is growing? Which ones are doing activities? You know, what have you guys done? So, you know, you look at it at that level. And then the next level up, like now it's like the overseers are all competing against like a region. So like layer by layer by layer, everybody is you know, under competition and scrutiny and stress, and it just trickles down, like it just magnifies from the top down. So everyone, like no one wants to be like the region without fruit or that isn't getting enough money or who's, because they, they, they measure like how many people are doing tithe, what percentage of the church, what's a healthy number, what's a healthy like retention rate for a new fruit. They look at all this sort of um, these metrics and then they judge them based on them and like everyone's under this stress from like the top down and everyone like but what do they do with that stress like how are they ethical when they pass it down to the members you know when like an overseer is an ethical overseer who's communicating to their churches you know like, these expectations and what they want to do you know that's where things kind of get lost but i think that um everyone's under a lot of stress and it comes all the way from the top. And then maybe that's why they try to try like, oh, let's try to scare them or let's try to, 
do this or that to get the result that we want so we look good for you know who our boss is in the church and then you see the mother and then you see mother and she's like in her nice gown she has zero wrinkles which is totally fake she must have botox like once a week <laughs> like chill just like hey everybody what's up Dad. yeah and then they're they're like let's let's video her like you know folding a member's pants like when she goes to their dormitory and act like this. I never thought of that until, yeah, I think it was you that brought that up. Like, I never thought about that whenever we saw, like, yeah, like the footage of her, like, you know, first of all, going into someone else's space and touching their belongings is weird, right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's that's a whole other side. But, you know, just someone's filming her. And when she's doing, like, her prayers or, you know, like, and like we had a calendar one year that it was just like pictures of her praying and doing activities. And it's like, this woman had to pose for these, this stuff. Like it's, it's weird. Not <laughs> candid photos of an 80 year old lady doing things. Right? Oh no. Even the church photos that you see of like members, it's not, nothing's candid. It's like, like when you see members walking down like a road with her, they, that's all staged. They say, look to your neighbor, smile, laugh, pretend like you're talking. Like, it's all staged. I mean, Tony, Anthony, did you guys experience that when you went to Korea? Absolutely. Like, when you're in the airport, they're yes, yes, airport making, too. Yes. Sometimes you have to like, do it again, guys. Now yeah. do it again this way. Walking okay, in the now this time, temple. wave your hands. Remember, sometimes you have to wave your hands. Sometimes yeah, all the way. Normal. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all staged. staged. If anybody's gone to Korea knows that none of those pictures are candid. Not one single, like, you can't take your own pictures, but the pictures they give you and the pictures they take, none of it's candid. You know, videos of mother, mother, sorry, Zangilja, um, comforting the people and like having these deep conversations with them. They she's prick them first. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah. I love you. I love you. I love you. That's it. Go away. Oh my God. That's yeah. what she says. Yeah, that that's that's actually one of the things that I um like I I, I want to like have like a cartoon made where it's like you know like somebody's coming to her with like a real problem and then yes. she's just like I love you and it's like wow did you hear like you know all the all the like all the like uh the cream yeah, like, what she said did you hear yeah. what she said <laughs> bear good fruit uh, oh, oh man. Oh, spoke prophecy. Wow, do you understand oh. what this means? <laughs> like, you know, just she like answered all my problems with just yeah. saying that. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like, you know, and then like the next person with a different problem gets the same <laughs> same response. And it's just like uh you know, it, it it there's there's really like very little little done, but you know what? That actually brings us back to um the topic of the fake letters to mother. I think when members go to visit, those letters are also kind of read through. So they give her kind of like prompts about, okay, you this just person. just filter on your name. Oh, look at all the stuff that you say. Yeah. Yeah. And then just say, okay, you know, this one's having a, a problem with their mom or this one's having, you know, an issue with this or that. And then just kind of regurgitate that back to them. You know, like it, it's like the Wizard of Oz, like the man behind the curtain. You know, it's not an all powerful, mighty. It's just, you know, it's all just smoke and mirrors. It's the kind of seems so obvious, but at the time it didn't. At the time, when you write your letters to mother, you pick the nicest paper, the nicest pen. You'll even spray perfume on it and like make it oh, so perfect, right? Kelsey's loving you. That's true. That's true. 
and then and you put right it in a size 30 font yeah sometimes people would make like a you know those little stamps that they would do in the old day where they would like melt it on you know oh my gosh. they would like Fancy. melt it yeah 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 the seal yeah. yeah the wax yeah crazy they would spend all this time making this but it was only to get your information oh my god it's so yeah. obvious but why didn't i not think about that it's yeah. actually really sad well in 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 yeah, exactly. Because they have not only the the they they say they burn the paper letters, but yeah. more people write. I mean, there's the, my church encourages to write a letter to mother every single day. So you and 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 you keep it very simple and to the point. And so, like, if somebody were to look up my name, I'm sure they keep that information in a database. All you gotta do is filter on Kelsey, and you got all the letters Kelsey wrote when she wrote them. You know, and so and all um, private shit that you thought you were saying to God, that is so fucked. Yeah. Up. Yeah. yeah. Think yeah. about the things that you would say to God. If you thought that God or Jesus or whoever you think is God is here in this earth and you wanted yeah. to tell them all your deepest, darkest things, that's the things that they have on us. Which and I and I never and I never understood why we had to write the letter. What the difference yes. between that and praying was. Praying. I, I will admit it. I did find a journal when I was like thir like a teenager, and I wrote letters to Jesus. Interesting. And they're pretty embarrassing. I, I would never want those in a database, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, a, they, like they say we 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 burn the letters you know, after we scan them and file them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this is reminding me. This is reminding me of Nexium. You know how um they had that little group and they had collateral yes. where they. That's what this is reminding me of. Maybe that well, was it, sort of their way of having collateral. Yeah. Yeah. Because if somebody confessed to doing like something blackmail. really dumb or illegal in those, the church can be like, oh, I got this on you. I'm not saying they do that, but the possibility is there. Damn. That could be yeah. a reason why people would stay if they knew that they had been like, hey, mother, the body's buried in the woods. And now they know. Oh shit! I wrote that on a piece of paper and it's a log somewhere. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. Listen to the disclaimer. Take it off for us. Sing the disclaimer. Damn. <laughs> can I can I tell one story of something I saw when I was in Korea? Yeah. This, okay. Because because again, you know, people think that they. I mean, when you go to Korea. You can you you don't most members do not get one on one time with her. Some do. Most me oh I didn't even notice the cat is cute. Um, so most members they don't get one on one time with yeah. with mother, and so it's um you have to usually they'll prepare like a sentence and they'll have like a Korean member translate it for them so they can say the Korean sentence to mother, but um. She doesn't like you don't get to just go up to her and start talking. Like when I was so when I the second time I went to Korea, I think we went from the from the airport to Okchun, um, the Go and Come Institute. And um, you know, John Gilja was there, she was at the front, and she was walking. We 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 entered the room, we prayed, she was walking out, one of the members. Um, walked up to her and he knelt down in front of her and started crying and I heard her or I heard and saw her motion towards a missionary to come get him and remove him 
So it's it's not like the Bible where you see someone going up to Jesus, going down and praying and saying, please help me. Jesus didn't say, hey, Paul, come get this guy. Like, <laughs> you know, so I, I remember so being true. pretty surprised about that. Because everything um, is like in a line, like if you, whoever's going to, like, everything has to be arranged and whoever's going to speak to her, it's all prearranged. Yes, nothing, nothing on that, on any of those trips is candid. Absolutely. Like, I remember one member went to Korea and came back and said, oh, I I had one-on-one time with mother and mother said, thank you for, um, thank you for relocating for the gospel. And then I was because they they moved they were they were sent somewhere to move right um, for the purpose of you know starting to build up another one of the the Zions and in my head I'm like well that's not very um, spectacular I mean like they 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 know we're we're all located right they manage us um, so like the I mean I know who manages the North America region like I mean. <laughs> It's not spectacular in any way. It's just saying, you know, thank you for changing your whole life. That's, I mean, it's, so I would see some people come back saying, oh, mother said this. And I was just so shocked. How did anybody know? It's like, there's ways to know. We've heard this in in our interviews with members that have left. Um, Like if they're, I've heard this from a few people. If before they go to Korea, if they're having doubts and they're like, I'm going to like put it in my mind to see if mother can like really hear me, you know, and like look for a sign. And then when they go, it doesn't happen. And they're like, that was for them. Yeah. And then the guilt's put back on them, but, oh, they shouldn't have been testing God. Yeah. Yeah. Mother shouldn't have to do a sign for you to believe in her. Yeah. Right. Christian mentality. I remember when I was religious in high school, that was a whole thing. Like, don't test God. Don't try to ask God to do these special things. He doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> to circle this back to you know the whole apocalypse stuff is that um a lot of times the members would feel like invincible because they thought that they had the seal of god yeah. and they would like th- sometimes they would like if there was like a new construction where there's a church with a cross on top like they would go up there without the proper equipment in order to like knock the cross off the top of the church and they're like, oh, it's okay. I'm I'm sealed, but they're doing something super dangerous. And like that whole concept is, you know, oh, they're so, you know, sometimes it, it's in the, you know, the favor of the person depends on the mood of the, the church leader. But if they would fall, it was like, oh, they were testing God. Like, you know, no matter what, if, if something like positive happened, it was good faith. But if some, if you did something and you got hurt or something, it was you were testing God. You're like, you know, you should have been more cautious, you know. So no matter what, like the seal of God is like, don't test the seal of God. Don't don't try to see if you have it because then you're testing God and then you'll not have it. Do you guys do you guys remember um, the one? I don't know if it was one of the like clouds like dove videos or the warrior truth videos, which are videos of members going to Korea to meet um, Jong. Um, but there was one member who this one always stuck on my head he said i'm gonna preach the kamikaze way if i yes. perish i perish yes what yeah. is that supposed to mean um <laughs> if something happens to you something happens to you but at least you're preaching 
Yeah, I remember that was like a long time ago, right? Yeah, yeah, it was long. That, time that ago. just brought me back. I remember. The, the, Watch, the, they're gonna the, remove that video from circulation now, but I, I'm I, sure I, they probably already did. There's a lot of videos that they like, like a lot of times when there's like a special video, they let them play it a few times. I had, um, oh, I had access to those like special videos, um, and you can play it i think up to like five times and then you have to re-download it um because they have like security like you have to delete the file and then re-download it and you only have a certain amount of plays so there were times where like you know you wanted to check it and make sure it worked and tech wanted to check it and then when it came time for you to actually play it like you had to make sure there was enough views still left in that file because they had this technology where like it would just get you know deactivated after a certain number of watches and there was on um, you know a whole bunch of different files, but then they deleted stuff. And then they used to have them on the computers under um, like on a little file that you could watch it. But then they took that out. So like you know now it, it, they keep on changing the technology because they don't want anyone to have access to like a USB drive with the videos because they delete them. They there are certain times after a certain period of time they're like we have to remove this from every every computer from everything. So, you know, as time goes, but you don't question it as a member. You're just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just an old video or, oh, there's a slanderer on the video or something like that. But they just don't want certain things in circulation still so they can deny it happened. Is there like a like an app or like a website that you have to have a login as a member? And that's where and this is where you're talking about where you go in and you can view the videos under your login. There's still, there's still, um, for, for me, I had a special one to download because I, I was a church leader with a title. Um, but yeah. to the normal members, there is a website that's like worship.watv.org okay. um, that is accessible. And they have like the very generic sermons that, you know, the general pastor would do that, like, you know, like the very common doctrine. But then there are certain ones that are, um, I guess, a little bit more questionable in content where you need a login to watch them. Okay. So like on that website, there will be certain ones you can't watch unless you log in as a member. I tried to read the terms and conditions on that um, website because it has the cookie thing that's like agree to these. And I was like, this might be the one time that I actually kind of read through these <laughs> on this website, you know? Um, and the way that they have it is it's like imprinted over the, the font behind the web page behind it, it's really hard to read. Um, so mm -hmm. I can't really read all of it. Um, so I don't know if anyone else wants to go on there and try. I don't know that they're like hiding anything in their terms and agreements, but I was like, I feel like legally if they added it into their terms and agreements that they could like track you or like see who's logging into their, like not logging it's, in, but like looking at their website, just their blanket, like no login, just like the blanket website. There are apps that they have that have very like, suspicious terms and conditions where you get this app because oh you have to track how many people you're preaching to you have to you know uh track how much you've read today you, you know this is where you have your sermon book this is where you have you know there's all these different apps with all the this they created one where it was like you know quizzes and educations that they wanted you to go through this process and all these different apps that they created that you have to download and put onto your phone uh, those things have questionable terms and conditions about what it actually gives them access to on your phone and your uh, information there. 
And um and 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 those in that app in particular or those apps in particular, at least my the my page app, there's like um like a disclaimer that says the um information that they that they're gonna collect are like IP address, cookies, service usage records, visit records. And I know there's a way for them to like if you're on their site and like you wanna search for a like like a, like a keyword in a sermon that um, through their search bar they can see your you can they can see pieces of your information like just on their regular login page like just like without you don't even have to log you don't even have to as I understand it you don't even have to log in to their website and use the search feature and they can see but for the app yes you have to have like I believe it's you have to have a login because you can't like the my page app you can't access anything if you don't have a login it's all done by your life number your book of life number and that's mm-hmm. how they track you yeah. it's yeah. like you have this I don't know seven or eight digit number and then that's how they track you well yeah. then church probably has uh my name popping up in their search bar all the time because i'm always looking at their website <laughs> i don't know if it's general navigation but it's i i know um like it like there, there's a portion of it that you can like search things and then like they're they'll pull it'll like bring the results will bring up applicable sermons that they have posted I know exactly so what you're talking about because I've used it before. That's why I'm making yeah. this face like, oh, shit. <laughs> I can't actually read their terms and conditions because of the way that the font is is so terrible. So, so WMS, if you're listening, fix your formatting. Fix for your terms and <laughs> I'm curious of curious people like me. I just wanted for my own information to know what I'm agreeing to when I don't actually click on the accept terms and conditions button because I don't want to. <laughs> but all alleged, right, everybody? Yeah. Well, yeah, so I'm not I'm not for the, the, the search bar. I'm not, you know, saying that they're specifically what information they're collecting. I just know and I and it's not just something that's unique to the WMS. It's like any website you go in, there's certain information that's collected from the users just systematically. And right. so I'm um, just I'm just saying that as a, you know, be be aware, a concerned consumer, Kelsey, like you said, they're set up like a corporation. So everything that they're doing is in the same way that Twitter would work or, you know, Facebook or whatever. They're they're set up like that. I know one of their YouTube videos has an ad that pops up and I'm like, motherfuckers are making money off of YouTube. Oh, that drives me crazy because ah. in the, G- the, the Great Life Studio stuff. The members will say, oh, like for a while they were saying, oh, you guys are monetized. You guys are getting paid. I don't, first of all, I don't get paid for anything for Great Life Studios, but it was, it's, it's Jordan's channel, right? And they were just going on and on about that. And then the WMS has ads popping up on some of their videos. I've never, it's yeah. like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It's not many of them, but I mean, we definitely, I've, I definitely have a screen recording or two of ads <laughs> popping up on one of their, on one or two of their videos. So, infuriating i feel bad because i'm like maybe i shouldn't watch this because every time i watch it i'm just popping in another ad for them i don't know how i mean well that's just one way to make money off of youtube but there's just a general view too can this has been so amazing this is not what i expected us to talk about yeah not what we planned i'm sorry can i just add one thing about youtube since we're on the topic um Sometimes in the church there are um, like there, when you hear like oh like mother said this mother said that you could tell like it's just like an old lady 
talking because of some of the rules and some of the concepts and some of the misconcepts about technology. And she's, she's like, well, you know, like we have to preach to the whole world, but now we have this thing called YouTube. And because we have videos on YouTube, now the whole world can see, you know, so the whole world is ha has the opportunity to hear this message. So, you know, it, it was her way to kind of be like, um, even though the world population, we went uh, from like preach to 7 billion to now it's like, how many billion, like there's another billion people from the time that that song was made till now. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, you know, you could tell she doesn't really kind of get the concept that like, just because people have YouTube videos and you put a video on YouTube doesn't mean that people are going to see your like random ass sermon like video. <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, yeah, no, we have videos on the YouTube now and now the whole world can hear. <laughs> well, brother, that's how I feel about having yeah, YouTube. It, it, it's just like, you know, they have YouTube, so there's no reason for them not to have heard. And she's like, mm, that's not how YouTube works. <laughs> how yeah, works. I, I really encourage people to, I mean, not, not really encourage, but just if you're, if you're bored one day, look up Shin Chunji sermons on YouTube. Their format is almost identical to the WMS for like, you don't even have to listen to the sermon, put it on mute, just look at it. It's almost identical to how the WMS looks too. So that actually was really helpful for me um, during my time uh, leaving the Church of God is Shinchenji videos because their propaganda video videos are like identical and then their sermons are designed the exact same way. Like, you know, I know I was really uncomfortable because they begin it with like a prayer. So I'd skip that part because just like anyone else praying, like it was just uncomfortable for me. But then after they got through that part and like the way that they set up their education, the way that they spoke, like the kind of pauses that they would take, the kind of word choices that they had, everything was identical to the, you know, World Mission Society Church of God. It's just like exactly the same. Um, mm -hmm. So just to see that, you know, it's a formula. And, you know, I used to think, oh, my God, like who could teach a sermon like the World Mission Society? Like who can do such a thing? Who can bind these different concepts and these different uh verses together like this it has to be got well actually no there's a lot of different people anthony can do you, it. Can. you can you just did it you created the next doomsday prophecy oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. go get your yeah. mres go pack yeah. your bags 2026 yeah go quickly I'm you know kidding. spend all your money on short-term preaching go everywhere quit your job after you you know cash out your 401k <laughs> just quit school i know members who wouldn't even put money into a 401k because they're like the world's gonna be the world's gonna end i don't need it so i know mm -hmm. i know quite a few people who never invested in oh okay mm -hmm. yeah yep, my future's doomed <laughs> yeah. that's okay it's ending soon 2026. yeah 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 2026 <laughs> amazing how quickly you guys actually do re recover i mean not fully recover but like how is it is it fat is it for you guys this experience of how quickly you can like back up on your feet when you're not giving your money away okay so i am coming up on my one year out of the church soon which is kind of crazy because you know i i feel like i've been out for longer than that but i'm coming up to this like one year point and my first year it was rebounding my life 
so it was a lot of purchases. It was like, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't, I got, I was living by myself for the first time in my life, you know, and there was a lot of pieces of furniture and things I needed that just weren't there and experiences I'd never had, you know, things like I, I was really looking to do um, to fill up my time. So I did not help climb out of debt at that time, but now I'm on the debt recovery path. And then after that, it's investment path. Nice. Dude, I didn't even have furniture because my, because uh, I mean, like if, because when I was in the church, I like, I didn't learn how to do a lot of adult stuff until I left the church. Because when I was in the church, I got baptized, you know, when I just turned 18. So my concept of like renting, I never rented an actual apartment. I would rent rooms in people's houses. I mean, in Seattle, it was like members houses and in Portland, I would, you know, I, I lived at home for a little bit. And then um, just rented rooms in people's houses. And I would always specifically pick rooms where it's furnished. That way I don't have to have my own furniture. So if I have to pack up and move at a moment's notice, I can just put everything into my car in one go. And so I didn't actually have, I didn't have a bed. I didn't have a desk. Um, I um, didn't have, I literally didn't have anything. So when it's like I left, the story of Han Sung Hong. <laughs> yeah. But it's because that's how, that's how I saw the leaders live too. That's how I saw the leaders in the, yeah. the church live too, is that they could put all of their belongings into the trunk of their car. I Kelsey only the car. had mountain water to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a little bit of the mountain water. I had tap water. From you know, the stone. But, <laughs> yeah. but um but yeah so after I left like that was one thing that I and I think I still kind of struggle with that too is like having permanent items. I don't know how to describe it. It's just because like I I I I don't thrive well in clutter. Anthony, did you celebrate Christmas last year or were you still in? I had just left that month. Okay. So although I was um, around family that time, because my birthday is uh, right before Christmas, uh, it's on the 22nd. So I went up there to see my, my, I went to go visit family for my birthday and it just overlapped with Christmas. My intention never was to really like keep it or anything like that, but um, I was around family, but I didn't really do anything that was particularly Christmassy, yeah. um, you know, besides, you know, have a meal, but yeah. Um, so yeah, this will be my first Christmas time out of the church and out of the like um that kind of fog that you're in when you first leave that that like fear of you know because i remember the first time i, I skipped service I, I was telling like my friend you know i'm scared i'm gonna get in a car accident i'm scared i'm gonna something terrible is gonna happen to me i'm scared that you know like right now i i left you know in my in my opinion my thought was like you know there's a potential that I walked away from God and you know like now God's mad at me and, and God took away protection and now like the devil's gonna come and get me and the devil's gonna you know I had this like crazy fear that like you know God's gonna retaliate against me skipping service <laughs> um you know it, it was just you know and then like they, they they would tell these like stories about like you know this like one you know these different situations where somebody did leave and something did happen to them and they like almost kind of rejoiced about it 
I remember this this um there was a one female member and her boyfriend uh who were members and they were skipping a third day to go to their graduation and they were in a bad car accident and the girl was in a coma the guy's like you know i think his like lung got messed up and they're like and you know why it was because they were out driving on a third day mm. and you know it was it was crazy. <laughs> so I had, I definitely had a lot of fear, um, you know, but now I don't know, like, I don't know how I feel about, about it in total. I do know that a lot of the stories that they explain about Christmas are not true. They say that like, you know, it's Saturnalia, it's about this and that, but actually like all the things that they say, like they don't line up exactly. Like there were feasts in December that the Roman pagans would keep um but it never overlapped with december 25th it was always like a couple weeks before then like it's the winter solstice but usually the winter solstice is on my birthday you know or the 21st or the 22nd that that's a winter solstice that's a cusp baby yeah <laughs> so it's like you're 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 right there you're right on the 21st or 22nd that's like they call it the winter solstice yeah and that's like the darkest day of the year and they say that that's what christmas is based off of but I'm like, well, I celebrate my birthday. So does that mean like I'm celebrating, you know, the sun god on, on my birthday? Because it's if I, and then, um, you know, that you look at the, the way that they um, talk about Christmas and they say that uh, it's Mithra, but there's no historical evidence of them celebrating like, you know, Sol Invictus or anything like that until- And Mithra's Persian. Christmas. You guys, you guys wanna do a uh, part four, cause we already have a part three coming up. Do you guys want to do a Christmas special part four? Yeah. Oh, jingle bells. Let's do you it. You guys come back on to help us talk about the, just like debunk the uh, historical inaccuracies of the Christmas hate, hatred. Yeah. Yeah. It's just shit on Christmas, but from all angles. <laughs> but we have a part three coming up of all the things we meant to actually talk about today. Yeah. And we never got to. <laughs> and we'll do a part four. We'll do that right before Christmas. I think that was, that's great. Cool. Are you guys good with that? Can we have two more times of you guys? We just yeah. love you guys so much. You guys just have to be on here every it's time. It's a blast. I'm really glad that I got through Doomsday with you. I'm really glad that we did not die. And World War II did not happen. Me too, guys. Yeah, until 2026. <laughs> or 2028, the latest. <laughs> and if it, happen, it was the member's fault. Yeah, yeah, they weren't ready. They didn't work hard enough. We're just kidding, guys. It's not your fault. They work way harder. Right. Members work way harder than the guys at the top. So yeah, and mother, yeah, fishy little outfit. Fishy little. <laughs> what's under the the handbook? A lot of lies. <laughs> and lies. lies and money in our souls. All of your money is just shoved up her dress. Yeah, underneath. <laughs> There's a lot of pockets under there. Take a nap on it. And we'll add all the things to the show notes. Thank you guys so much. We love you. <laughs> it's real, but in a real, genuine, sincere way. Okay. We love you for who you are. Not what you can do for us. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. I'll start. Ready? And then, and then. You guys just jump in in any order. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. <laughs> no, then I'll work 
Guys, we have to have one mind. We have to have one mind. Spoiler alert, if any of the children are listening, turn this part off. I don't know why a child would be listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>